Thank you, Brianna. Thank you, kids. Here you go, Ephesians 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everything that you see underlined is a gift. So let's count your gifts for Christmas. Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has given freely, which he has freely given us in the love in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. Isn't this a a mouthful to say? And a handful to receive? To be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment. To bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Doesn't that just make you want to say, praise the Lord? Say it together. Praise the Lord. What did you get for Christmas? Here's the list. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. What a gift. God has chosen us to be holy and blameless. God has predestined us to be adopted as his children. God has redeemed us through Christ's blood. Is that all you got? Nope. God gave us the riches of his grace with all wisdom and understanding. God made known to us the mystery of his will, which was carried out through Christ. God initiated the end result of bringing all things under one head Christ. Is that all? No, there's more. God included us in Christ when we heard the gospel. And God gave us an inheritance. He made us heirs, which was his plan all along. What'd you get for Christmas? I got an iPad. I got an iPhone. I got an Oculus headset for the virtual reality metaverse that's coming. So exciting. Nonsense. When Christ was given to us, what did we receive? All this. Grace upon grace upon grace. And God gave us these gifts. Why? In order that we, they are the first ones to hope in Christ, but we are the many after part of this great cloud of witnesses that hope in Christ, in order that we who hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. We are the praise of his glory. We live for the praise of his glory. Here's what praise is. The Hebrew word for praise is yada, which is to throw or cast. The Greek word is epinos, epinos which is approval or recognition. And there's a wonderful image in Revelation chapter 4, where we see the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne, and they worship him who lives forever and ever, and they cast their crowns. There's a band that's named after that. They throw their crowns, not at his head because they're angry. No, because they say, you are king. 
and I crown you. They lay it at his feet. You are worthy, O Lord, our, and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Remember what John chapter 1 said? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He created all things. So that's praise. Glory, the Hebrew word for glory is kavod, is magnificence and honor. The Greek word for glory is doxa, radiance, splendor, majesty, power, fame, renown, honor. We give him glory. And have we seen God's glory? The glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth? Yes. Who is it? It's Christ. The fullness of God's glory is in Jesus. He came and made it known. And when he came, he didn't come just like, let me just show you a little bit of me. He came fully. Remember Moses said, I want to see your glory. He said, no, you can only see my back. But when Christ came, we saw God's face veiled in flesh. And he came fully, not just in spirit, which was what many people would expect God to be. No, but he came in body. He took residence. He came not to rule, even though he could, but he came to serve, to lay his life down. Not to live, though he did live. He didn't go and gain all this wealth and gain all this recognition and live it up. No, he came. He had no place to lay his head. He was arrested, mocked, beaten, hung on a cross, and he died. Not to live, but to suffer and die. And he came not for his own glory, but Jesus said, I came to bring the Father glory. God in the flesh came to bring God glory by considering himself nothing. Taking on a cross. And worship is what we do in response to what God has done. So if God, this is how God came to us, here is how we should come to God. We don't just give God our spirits, our souls. But in fact, we give him our bodies. We offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. We give him our whole selves. We come and we serve just as Christ has served, as he's modeled for us, we serve. And we die daily to ourselves. As Jesus said, if anybody of you wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And in doing this, we find life. If anybody seeks to save his life, he will lose it. But anybody who loses his life for me will find it. We come to him completely. And we also don't seek our own glory, but rather we seek whose glory? His God's. While the world says, get all the glory for yourself, get all the money that you can for yourself, this is an image of peak human, human glory. LeBron James in Cleveland, Nike did a, a full display, this messianic figure of putting his arms out. Instead, he's not on a cross, he's being praised. And above it, it says, we are all witnesses. I like watching LeBron James play basketball. He's a great basketball player. But I do not care about being a witness to a good basketball player. Yet our culture says this is the peak. This is what we strive for. To be known, to be renowned, to be praised, to be 
exalted, to be adored by other human beings. And of course, I want other people to like me. I want other people to like you. I do like you. I praise God for you. But I do not praise you. There's only one who's worthy. The world tells us, stand out. (laughs) Be unique. Be separate. In other words, be holy. Be somebody. If you're nobody, nobody will pay attention to you. But if you're somebody, people will give you praise. And even in academia and the arts, people want to be known in their field. They want to be praised. And even on the streets, people... They, people want to see others, sorry, people want others in their community to notice them. And sadly, sometimes that can come in the form of violence. If you do not love me, you will fear me. You will respect me. Anywhere there's a group of people, there are leaders. And leaders have a profound opportunity to either lead people in the, in the way of Jesus or lead people for their own benefit. Why do we want glory? Why do we want recognition? Why do we want honor? Why do we want, want to be loved and appreciated? Because we see that it is good. Who's really speaking that? Is it God? Or is it Satan? Live for you. Get to the top. Get noticed. This is your life. But God's calling is the opposite. Live for me. Follow me. Notice me, point others to me. I'm the one who gives you abundant life. We live with a different goal than the rest of the world. Not that we get glory, but that God gets glory. Paul's writing here to the Ephesians. He's writing to the Gentiles. The Jews are the people of God, but the Gentiles are the people of the world, the nations. And Christ's death was the final perfect sacrifice that was given not only for the people of God, but also for the people of the world, both Jew and Gentile. And Christ's sacrifice enables the people of the world to be people of God. Christ's sacrifice allows the people of the world the full right to become God's children and become heirs. And that is what we are. But they're now living according to a different calling, not for their own glory as they were taught, but for the praise of God's glory as they're being taught by God's people. And I sure hope that you, brothers and sisters, I hope that your longing is for your family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, and others to see God's glory revealed in you and to praise God because of you. John 1.14, we have seen God's glory in Christ. Are you living for the praise of his glory? If so, have the people in your life encountered the glory of Christ who lives in you? Do they praise God for you? There's nothing sweeter or more satisfying than people praising God and giving him glory for the life that you are living. Irenaeus wrote, Gloria Dei est vivens homo. 
which means the glory of God is a human fully alive. And I want to tell you something. If you are not in Christ, you are dead. But if you are in Christ, you are alive. And God's glory is revealed in you, a follower of Jesus. The glory of God is a human fully alive. When are you most alive? We say, I'm a Christian. Wouldn't you say that? I belong to Christ. Christ has died for me and given me life, and I live to bring him praise. I live to honor him and glorify him. I am a redeemed human who is living life how God intended a human to live. Are we able to say that? That's pretty heavy. That carries enormous weight. Let's look at all that. Am I living for the, God, for the praise of God's glory? My behavior? Now, you probably can't do this all in just a few minutes, but maybe when you go home, you can reflect on this. My behavior brings glory to God. My attitude. Do my choices, my thoughts, my words, my commitments. The way that I work, the way that I plan, the way that I interact with people, does it bring glory to God? The way that I save, earn, and spend money, the way I spend my leisure time, are these for the praise of God's glory or is this for me? For my praise, for my glory, or at least for my comfort. A few years ago, I remember going home and visiting my parents and my dad would go out running every morning. I tried to be a little bit more active. And I'm like, I'm not going to run every morning with him. I'll do some other physical activity. I'll play basketball. But one morning, it was, it was like zero degrees. And I was like, I'm going to go run with my dad. So I ran, got on the track, and we started running. And he told me that he just, every time he runs, he recites scripture. And he had been memorizing the book of Romans. He was, at that point, he was on Romans chapter 16. And I said, well, what do you do? He's like, well, I... I start with the verse, the new verse for that day, just one verse a day. And as I'm running, I recite everything. So he recited the new verse and then began Romans 16, 1, all the way up to the, his new verse. And so we're running and I'm hearing scripture. I'm like, wow, dad's memorized a lot of this stuff. It's pretty good. And then he ended with the new verse and then he went back to chapter 15 and recited Romans 15 all the way through the whole chapter. And then 14. And we're huffing and puffing. We're freezing. I'm wearing a coat and pants. And, but I remember just thinking, as I'm running, I remember thinking, praise God. I'm hearing scripture over and over. Yeah, my dad, he's, he's memorized scripture well. But really, I, I, don't, I don't even care about that. I'm just thinking all these wonderful things that God has given us in Christ. Praise God. The sun was shining through the... the uh, a little bit of clouds were there. It was a beautiful morning. Praise God, praise God. Now, if my relationship with my dad was something where it wasn't very good and, and there are things that he did that I didn't appreciate and, and didn't like, if all those things were part of that life, part of that relationship, which it's not, the words that he was quoting would have meant nothing to me. 
but he was a man after God's own heart. He is a man. He's, he's still, you know, I just saw him the other day. He is a man after God's own heart. In his life, in his reciting of scripture, running next to him, caused me to praise God. I want to be that way for my kids and for my neighbors. For the relationship with me, I want them to see me living for the for the praise of God's glory. And so that every time they interact with me, they walk away not saying, oh, that JD's such a great man. I don't care about that. But when they go home after their interaction with me, I want them to say, praise God. It may lead them into a deeper relationship with God, desiring the same thing, to be used by God, to live for the praise of his glory. We have a wonderful opportunity this year. And this past year has been, there's been some difficult things, but I think of Dorothy Smith who lived her life so wonderfully. I think of Dorothy, I say, praise God. And who knows, that might be one of us this year, undergoing something very difficult. We're so thankful for the people who have gone before us. Every year is an opportunity for new things. There's going to be bad things that happen this year. There's going to be wonderful things that happen this year. But whether good or bad, happy or sad, as the old song says, <laughs> may we live for the praise of God's glory. May we point people to him. So that's my word for you this morning, my encouragement for you. Be near to the Lord. Be fully alive this year. May we live our lives in such a way that prompts others to praise God. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word, for your truth, for your life.